same path leads me to the same place every night. To restlessness. Loneliness. Emptiness. And hunger, my friend. Oh, I'm so hungry. And this ever-persistent waiting. Always waiting. Waiting to be ready. To be whole and capable and independent and strong. Waiting to be confident with and in the world. To navigate it as one of you. Waiting for someone. He who may never be coming back. Waiting. 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 I am the only one that I'm waiting for, aren't I? How ridiculous for someone so sinister. How asinine for someone so wise. How weak for someone so strong. I'm doing it again, aren't I? Going on and on talking about me. I want to talk about you. I want to talk about your life. Are you content? When you sleep at night, if you sleep at night, do you dream of your life as it is, or as what it could be? I do not sleep at night. I rarely sleep ever. But I dream, constantly. Of what could be. After hundreds and hundreds of years, I am still optimistic of what will be, but too afraid to make it happen. It's pathetic, really. Oh, I'm doing it again. You mustn't think I'm selfish. Perhaps self-centered, but not selfish but I'll try not to do it again. Why do you have trouble sleeping? Can I help? Do I help? The worst part is the silence, I think. Which is why, I think, your voice has saved me. Keep talking. I'm waxing poetic tonight because I'm procrastinating. Last week I promised you that I was getting ready, and I am ready. Which means that now is the time for action, and yet, I can't move. So I have no excuse now. No excuse for my solitude. No excuse for my self-pity. So I'm procrastinating. I'm afraid, you see. I am immensely powerful and achingly beautiful and overwhelmingly intelligent and unusually captivating and extraordinarily hypocritical. I have a story for you. I will always have a story for you. But this one is different. There was once a man, 
I don't remember much about him apart from the fact that he was unusually tall. I am not a small creature, but he towered over me, and even with his trademark slouch, this lowering himself to everyone else's height, slightly hunched over like a vulture. A beautiful vulture, for you see he had that kind of grace that vultures and wild cats and serpents have. They keep close to the ground, especially when they're hunting. They keep their faces low so as not to startle their prey with their bright, beautiful eyes and their gleaming teeth. They keep close to the ground so that they can move silently, and that is how this man moved. With his craned neck and arched back, his sleek, silent, and deliberate movements, and his bright, beautiful eyes. I cannot tell you more about his appearance apart from the fact that he was lovely, and he was dark. He was shadow personified. Silent and lovely and terrifying and looming. But I digress. This is the story of a strange man locked away in a tower. The first time I met him, I was walking down a dirt road. It was well-worn with the hooves of horses and the wheels of carts. A few carriages went along it daily, and it was frequently used, but the thing you must understand is that traffic hundreds, if I'm being honest, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago was absolutely nothing as it is now. A well-used road in a countryside in a lost old country meant perhaps a few travelers a day. Anyway, I was walking down a dirt road. What do I remember? Well, I remember being warm. I remember being young. I remember feeling the earth under my bare feet. I remember being sunburned in the most pleasant way and the smell of grass, and the sound of birds. And I remember the sun setting, and the creeping fear that I really ought to get back home, while I was still able to find my way home with some light on my side. And just as I thought this to myself, I was suddenly distracted by the sight of a tall, ancient tower in the distance. This was some time ago, but even then this place was a ruin, and one that looked sacred. The closer I came to it, the more distinctly I could see certain symbols, certain images and words that I didn't understand carved into the stone of the place. And it was tall, at least three stories. Yet there was no door at the front of this structure. Around it, there was no indication that any steps or means of ascending the tower had ever been even conceived of. No one was to enter or exit it. Yet time, it seems, had carved certain stones away, and I was able to climb easily up, up, and up. Suddenly, part of the wall crumbled into itself, and I lost my balance, and instead of falling backwards, I threw myself even harder at the rocks of the tower, hoping desperately to find something to cling to. The rocks were loose, though, and I was shocked to find that I was able to fall into the tower. Inside the tower. It was hollow at the top. So there was a room, after all. 
Only a single room, it seemed. This was not a home. At least, not a home for anyone who might need a bed or food or drink. It was, however, decorated and furnished. So it was for something. Something inside. Something inside or someone who had no means of leaving. This sudden thought frightened me, especially as I looked around and saw books, melted candles, some runes and symbols painted onto the floor. It was a fine room, with gold-framed mirrors and mahogany bookshelves and intricate murals and blankets of white fur. This something that lived inside had good taste, or at least was feared and respected enough to be made at least a little comfortable. They were all, however, covered in dust and cobwebs, and clearly hadn't been cleaned in ages, but certain things appeared to at least be used. The books were in piles that seemed strategically placed. One book was open to a particular page, and it had a half-used candle next to it that had what seemed to be freshly melted wax pooled around it. This struck me. This someone was here recently. Perhaps even now. A suspicion that was, to my terror, confirmed when I saw a handprint against the mirror. Fresh. So fresh that the apparent clouds of breath around it, as if someone had been pressed up close, were fading in front of my very eyes. As I stood, dumbfounded and shaking, I heard a low laugh coming from behind me. Not a malicious laugh, not uproarious, but happy. Genuinely happy and surprised. Gleeful. Perhaps even grateful. It was low and it was melodious. As I turned to look, however, no one was there. Yet I heard another laugh on the other side behind me once more. This time I caught something large and dark moving unnaturally quickly in my peripheral vision. I turned to look. No one there. Something was with me, I had no doubt. But it was too fast for my eyes. I stayed perfectly still at first out of a general fear and confusion. And then, because I heard what sounded like someone breathing slowly in my left ear. Slow footsteps that were almost completely inaudible moved around me. It was coming to face me. You needn't ask or point out the obvious. Of course I saw the jagged teeth, the preternaturally long fingers and sharp black fingernails. I saw how gaunt he was and how absurdly tall. And I felt, emanating from him even from this distance, a deep and bitter cold. I saw the black cloak he wore that was not from my time. And I understood that these things should have been terrifying to me at the time. And they were, I can assure you. But I also saw the large, black, brilliant eyes. I saw the wise and tragic expression in them. I saw the grace in his footsteps. The elegance of his hands. And he smiled such a smile that made you instantly believe that you and he were in on the same joke. 
a secret joke that only you two knew. He smiled unlike anyone has ever smiled or ever will. It was tragic, beautiful, knowing, innocent, evil, good, funny, all at once. His smile was everything. He was, suffice to say, as horrible as he was beautiful. He picked up my hands with his hands, which now radiated cold, and he craned his head to kiss my hands. His lips were soft and cold, and his kiss made me shiver. He smiled that smile at me and said in a soft, pleasant voice, Thank you. And the next thing I remember was a rapid blur of the black of his cloak. And then nothing. Darkness. I woke up hours later to discover that no one was there. Really, this time, no laughter. Nothing. The hole I had made in the wall let in the cold night air. I ached all over as though my body had been through some trauma, but I wasn't sure what. And I was terribly, unbelievably cold. Yet I couldn't shiver. And then I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror. Tears of shock came to my eyes as I realized I was changed, and to what extent. I won't go into too much detail, but it was no wonder I was cold. All of the color had drained from my face. My hands had changed, though they weren't unfamiliar as I remembered the man. And my nails were long, and my teeth had sharpened into gleaming white points. But my eyes, my eyes were black and shining. God, they were like doll's eyes. After the shock eventually faded slightly though it would be some time before it left me completely. I decided I must head home. I must go home. I gingerly climbed down the tower and walked back to the road to take it all the way home. My home. As I walked, I saw something on the road, something large. A bundle of clothes? No, my God, it was a person. A man. I ran to help him, but he was already dead. He was pale, looking like he had been drained of life, literally. His cheeks gaunt, his hands frozen into a clawing position, his eyes and mouth wide with fear. I called for help, but no one came. So I ran further down the road. A group of travelers, dead, empty, and paralyzed in silent shock. Further down the road, even more still. And finally, I saw, in the moonlight, his eyes glinting and his smile clear as day. Him. He was with a man who was shouting, threatening with a knife, clearly intent on defending himself. But it was no use. There was no way he would be able to. It was over in one second as a flash of shadow moved so quickly around him, and he was immediately on the ground, same as the others. Frozen. Shocked. Lifeless. 
The man then looked at me and smiled. He moved toward me in that rapid way he had, and I flinched, thinking he would kill me too. I tried to scream, but he was in front of me fast enough to cover my mouth with his cold, alien hand just in time to silence me. You don't need to fear me. Ever. He said. Then he let go. He backed away, smiling even more widely, and he bowed deeply. That is my gift to you. I had unleashed him into the world. This thing that left corpses in its wake. This gentle, terrible monster. It was my fault. And his reward for me was this curse that I still live with to this day. This life, if you can call it that. This non-life. For it isn't really death, is it? Is he... Somehow I miss him terribly. Hmm. I thought I should start to introduce myself to you. It's nice to finally meet you. Hi guys, thank you so much for listening. This is Kristen Zaza, and welcome to another episode of On a Dark, Cold Night. Um, not too much to update you with today, uh, just my usual. If you like the show, please like, follow, share on social media. We're on Twitter and Facebook at A Dark Cold Night, and Instagram at Dark Cold Night Podcast. Oh, uh, in some news, I do have a YouTube channel now. It's up and running, and uh, I'm going to be releasing videos now, teasers for upcoming episodes, and hopefully some more goodies. So you can find me there. The page is called On a Dark Gold Night. Um, if you're interested in supporting the show financially uh, to sort of help me do this more and devote more time to it, you can find me on Patreon at patreon.com slash darkcoldnight. But what I would love even more than that, even more than uh, financial support, which is pretty good, is if you went to iTunes and rated and reviewed the show there. Like I said, iTunes reviews really are the the bread and butter for, for podcast hosts, so that would be really lovely. Also, feel free to write me on social media anytime you like. If you have any requests or you just want to say hi, um, just make sure that you tag the show and uh, at me or whatever. And uh, if I use your suggestion or request, even if it's just a name for a character or the title of a song or anything like that, I will be sure to give you a shout out on air and on social media. And as always, you can listen to the show on my website, kristenzaza.com, where you can also go and learn a little bit more about me and the other things I do. You can uh, listen on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. 
So again, thank you so, so much for listening. Um, the feedback that I've been receiving has been so encouraging and heartwarming. So thank you so much. Um, really looking forward to continuing on with this and uh, revealing more and more about our narrator. Anyway, have a wonderful night. Take care, guys. <laughs>